What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. And today I am joined by Ian O'Neill once again to preview one championship. And it's a massive one championship card uh, on August 27th this year over at the Singapore Indoor Arena. As it's the first one championship card on Amazon Prime Video, which is uh, massive, I suppose, not just for one championship, for but for MMA in general to have a new platform platform a new big platform i know there's been there's been tennis and i think motorsport and other things as well in amazon prime but to have mma there and have more opportunities uh for places for mma to be seen and broadcast i think this is on in in the us and in canada as well and amazon prime and obviously be able to get it everywhere else uh, on uh, uh on the one championship website and youtube and other places as well uh but it's great to see this and to see you know more eyes kind of getting on i suppose before we get into the fights themselves again like I have Amazon Prime, I know you have Amazon Prime. It's one of those things that sometimes you just be flicking through looking for something to watch. And I, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people flicking through and they'll say, Oh, Demetrius Johnson is fighting. There's a fight there's fights on, one championship fights are on. What is one championship fight? Maybe they've never heard it before. They click on it and watch it. And that's something, you know, I've, we were talked about it before with Bellator when it's on in um in the UK here, uh not not here, sorry, the UK over there, across the water, uh not near me at all. Uh is uh you know, easy now. Easy now. <laughs> I, I panicked there for a minute. I like uh, I could feel like all of Ireland coming at me. But anyway, um, you you wouldn't really be flicking through the BBC iPlayer and kind of come across Bellator, which I think was a big issue with that deal. I think this is the exact opposite. Like an Amazon Prime and Netflix or any of them, they're the perfect place. That's where people flick through. Like that's before you uh, hear you'd be on your skybox or over in America whatever it might be you'd be flicking through the channels now you flick through your apps to try to get them and it's the perfect place for it. I know you do that as well Ian it's, it's a big move for one championship here isn't it to just have it on yeah. that platform yeah it's absolutely huge like I mean yeah Amazon Prime is really taking a hold here like it's kind of like the streaming wars if you want to call it that but you know Amazon Prime have come in there uh, they've secured exclusive rights here and yeah I think it's a great platform for for one championships to be on look at it's their second attempt to try and break the US market. They already had the, the the brief spell on TNT and unfortunately for them, it didn't work out quite as uh, as they would have planned. But you know, they're with Amazon now who are a giant in the in, in the streaming and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's a thing that, you know, if you don't catch it live, it's still going to be there in the library, uh, still going to be probably posted out in front of your face when it's happening as well um you know i for one i who, who i'm a, a, an amazon prime subscriber i'm delighted that it's on that platform um and it's on prime time in the us as well so like i mean it's ticking off all the boxes for me as uh, someone who's obviously covering the sport and for any of the hardcores as well it's going to do it but uh, like you said the most important thing and and, and the key to developing uh, one FC or one championships over in the US and in Canada is getting in on that prime time and, and kind of capturing the imagination of, of the casual fan base of mixed martial arts. And a lot of them, a lot of them are going to remember Demetrius Mighty Mouse, John, Mighty Mouse Johnson from, you know, his long title reigns in the UFC and, and, and things like that. So I think overall, yeah, it's a great move for, for one championships. And, and I'm really looking forward to this rematch as well. 100%. You probably couldn't have a better fight if you're one championship to, to start this off. You see my new poster there right behind my head is uh, is Mighty Mouse. Uh, one of the greatest fighters, in my opinion, the greatest fighter to ever live. And I'm not just saying that because I'm doing a one championship preview here. Anyone who knows me 
Robbie knows I've been saying that for a good long time now. And this is the guy that beat him, you know, in Adriana Marais. A little bit like, you know, the Amanda Nunes-Juliana Pena fight. The only difference here, I think, is that I don't think many people are calling it a fluke from Marais winning the first time. Whereas with Pena, it was like Nunes had an off day and, you know, she's going to beat her. And she did beat her the second time when it came around. With this fight, I think a lot of people, I saw you know, our colleague Guillermo Cruz over on MMA Fighting, who's obviously a very good uh, Brazilian uh, journalist at the time, I remember him saying, this this isn't that this isn't as big a shock. Marais is a brilliant fighter. Our, our good friend Grabaka Hitman saying the same thing. I know I haven't watched it. I know the two of us had watched a bit of Marais. Uh, I always thought he was a good fighter, but I maybe didn't realize he was that good. But he is that good, and he proved he was that good in that fight. I went back and watched that fight today, and I think it was very very interesting. Look, Mighty Mouse, he he, he couldn't find his mark. At the start of that fight, he was stepping in, landed one nice left hook. He was having little bits of of good, uh, you know, not good fortune is the wrong word, but good moments in the fight, I suppose. Um, but he was outsized, I think, is the biggest issue. And if you look at back Demetrius Johnson's fight, fights, or he's lost his throughout his career, he's been outsized in every single one. And you know, one championship as well, with the weight cutting to have it isn't necessarily flyweight. It's more of uh, more of bantamweight here, so it's, uh, you know, you can be a little bit bigger, like Marais is. Fought mostly southpaw in that fight, and I think that was a kind of a, a part of it too. I think he was trying to be the faster man. The problem with Marais is, for the Mighty Mouse, he's just as, maybe not just as fast, but he is fast. He's big and he's fast. Demetrius Johnson usually beats guys because he is the same size as them and because he's faster than them. And Marais was just so rapid. His body kicks against the smaller man were just so good. Pull guard even at one stage. And that's as well, I think, when you're fighting someone like Dimitri Shanson or Amanda Nunes or even, you know, Chris Cyborg or GSP or whoever it might have been, some of the greats, it's not just beating their skill set. It's not fighter A versus fighter B. Sometimes you're beating Demetrius, you're beating John Jones, you're beating Jose Aldo, whoever it might be. It's the name as much as the person or the skill set. And it felt Maurice when he did pull guard. And I don't know, I'll throw it over to you in a second. I don't know if you felt the same way. It felt like that was a confident move in a fight where may, most people wouldn't have been uh, wouldn't have been unconfident. He looked better on the floor. He got on top of Demetrius, landed some good shots, looked stronger there. Um, and then when he got the finish, he caught him on an uppercut and then he hit him with the, the knees on the ground. Now, we talked about that, I believe, afterwards. And I remember saying at that time, like, Demetrius got hurt badly, but and he went back to like, you know, when you do get hurt badly, you go back to your training. And he's training for 15, 20 years was that I don't get kneed in the head and the ground. And that wasn't the rule set here. And Maurice caught him with it. Now, that's not an excuse. By any means, he was already hurt and he was finished within the rule set. But maybe that's something that Mighty Mouse, you know, will have trained more in and will be more confident in. Having gone back and watched that fight, Ian, I'm very excited. How are you feeling after after watching that and coming into this fight? I'm really excited to see what Demetrius brings to the table here because I think in the first fight, you know, you mentioned, and it's the very first thing I had written down in my notes as well, there was an absolutely huge size, height, and reach advantage for Marais in that first fight, and it was pretty clear to see. Um, what really impressed me uh, with Marais in, in, in the first encounter, really, Sean, was his footwork was unbelievable. He gave... Mighty Mouse, absolutely nothing. He had an answer for everything or every 
issue that or every problem that Mighty Mouse was trying to offer him. Um, you know, in a strange kind of a way, Mighty Mouse kind of, I think with Marias, the the kind of style of of the action and, and the referees wanting action and, and always wanting to be action, it kind of helps Marias' style so well because his footwork is so b- good he will just stay on the outside and not take too many chances early. And we've seen it time and time again. I think he kind of tried to frustrate Mighty Mouse a little bit and it kind of came to fruition in the second round where Mighty Mouse was kind of forced to the action a little bit too much and ended up getting caught. But, you know, anything that DJ threw in that first fight, with even with that, when he did try and throw leg kicks from the outside, he, uh, like you said, Marais caught and pulled guard, went for heel hooks, then ended up sweeping mighty mounts, finished up on the end of the first round on top position. Um, round two, DJ came out and pressured a lot. Um, landed DJ tried to land a nice uh, few leg kicks, um, was successful with a few and unsuccessful with 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 the majority of those attempts. I think for me, if we're going to start looking at keys to the to the next fight, and we might nail it down a little bit more later on, I think the leg kick will be a big factor for DJ as well. Um, similar enough to what you said, I think the fact that DJ was forced. Uh, to kind of push the action a little bit in round two. He kind of walked onto that uppercut, which hurt him. And like you said, he was probably in that hurt state as well um, uh, when he was coming up and ended up eating that knee too. So look, at he's going to have to make that adjustment. You just can't be rushing to try to get back to the feet. You're going to have to accept that position on your back. Not ideal when you're facing a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt like Marais all the same. But, uh, you know, I was really impressed with Marais in that first fight with DJ. I thought... You know what? No way could you even call it even close to a fluke. I thought Marias almost won nearly every second of that first round and the same with the second round too. And there was no doubt that he deserved the win. Um, if we could talk about Marias's last fight against uh, Wakamatsu, what he was, um, and, and, and this is what is really making me curious for the second fight with Mighty Mouse Johnson because what DJ did in, in the first fight with Marias was he pressed the accent action too much. And that plays in to Marias's kind of game and style as well, because I feel that Marais is a very opportunistic kind of a fighter where he wants to kind of frustrate guys on the feet and fo- make them force the action, get them frustrated so that the, they'll overthrow their shots or they might shoot for takedowns. And he's gladly, he's willing to oblige in those takedowns because he doesn't care about being on his back. Um, but And when he does, if someone does reach too far, and we've seen it in the Mighty Mouse fight, Mighty Mouse did kind of push the action a little bit too much, got caught, got finished. Wakumatsu didn't oblige that in the second in in, in Marais's last fight, and it was the one that he ended up getting the win on. But um, I think that Wakumatsu fought exactly the way you should be fighting against Marais. But the big problem in in one championship is that, and we've seen it in that fight with Marais and Wakumatsu. If you're not if you're not firing at all cylinders at all time, the referee is coming in and is warning you. And then the yellow cards come and then you're losing some of your pay and then the red cards come. And that was a huge factor. And we talked about it as well. And maybe if you wanted to come in, maybe to talk about it again, that Wakumatsu fight, it was those that rule set that kind of forced Wakumatsu into, into the attack mode, which ended up costing them in the end. A hundred percent. We, we, 
you see that not just in one champion, you see it in other fights as well. It was a Reese McKee fight, wasn't it, recently, where the referee was like, you need to move, you need to move, and I almost got someone damaged more. You know, whether you like that or not like it, I, I think that's, you know, we that's what we have, and that that's an interesting point. I, I, I don't think that will be the case for Demetrius Johnson, but I think why, the most interesting thing you said there is like, about Dem- Demetrius needing to kick the leg a little bit more and maybe not going into the pocket or going into the game of uh, Marais as much as he did the first time. That's a funny thing because it's a you're you're kind of saying there the smaller guy should play the long man's game, which you know Demetrius Johnson can absolutely do. But is he going to do it against a guy so much bigger than him? Like that's that's interesting. But I think it might be the way forward. Like. Is Demetrius a better leg kicker from the outside than Morais? He probably is. Is he quicker in that area than Morais? I think he probably is, but he's going to have to, you know, it's one of those ones, all the way in or all the way out. It's all, Demetrius almost has to be all the way out at all times because if he comes in, Morais is so dangerous inside, he will pull guard. Yeah. If he's halfway I don't think in, that defense is, is strong enough, really. I mean, I think we've seen that yeah. as well because, you know, it's what we've seen. We both Dominic watched. Cruz was the same. He out yeah. him in the clinching things, yeah. Yeah, we 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 seen it like, and you know, and that's a major part of 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 Demetrius's game is you know his ability and the fluidity, the way he can mix up his striking and his grappling, and he always had those takedowns there when he was fighting uh, at one twenty five. He just seems to be a little bit outsized, and especially against a guy like Marais as well. I I felt that he struggled in those clinch positions where he couldn't outstrength him, and he was kind of forced into that striking kind of exchange and he was unable to get the timing and he was unable to read Marais's footwork. But one way you do slow him down is you beat up that lead leg of Marais and that's, that's, that will stop his movement and that will make him easier to hit overall. The thing about um, he's a little bit older as well. So like, I think what I'm suggesting in a little in, in a way is that we'll play more of a speed game on the outside. You know, kicking that leg with that extra speed is probably the way to do it. Can he keep do that? Can he keep doing that as effectively as he once did it for five rounds uh, at kind of this age with a lot of fights behind him? That's that's a that's a tough question. Now, haven't gone back and watched these fights, and obviously the the Rod Tang fight as well, which was you know a, a different sort of fight, but unbelievable. Like Demetrius definitely isn't as fast as he once was, and I think. I, I think when he got, was it shoulder surgery he got as well? I, I don't think he's looked the same since it was just before the Henry Cejudo fight. And I think maybe that is a bigger factor that, than anything else. Maybe there's a little bit of that nip in the power as well gone from Demetrius. Honestly, and this might sound like hyperbole here, but if he wins this fight, I think it's one of his greatest wins ever. I agree 100%. It's a bad I matchup agree 100%. for him. It's a really, it's really a bad terrible. matchup for him. So, I honestly, if we're giving our picks... I think Maurice is going to catch him again. I think he's going to win. Honestly, and that's a crazy thing for me to say, you know, being one of the biggest Demetrius Johnson fans of all time. I know we're journalists and we have our journalistic hat on and all, but if you don't admire that man, and if you don't think he's, if not the greatest top two or three MMA fighters of all time, I don't believe you're a real mixed martial arts fan. Honestly, he is... He's a joy to watch and always has been. And Marais is a joy to watch as well, don't get me wrong. But Demetrius Shanton took this sport to a level no one has ever taken it to before or hasn't taken it to since either. And um, to pick Adriana Marais to win this fight, I think, says a lot about what I think about Adriana Marais as well. Do, are you going for Marais? Or do you think Mighty Mouse can get Like, Mighty Mouse can get it done. But will he get it done? Can. I yeah. think, look, I want to give credit to Mighty Mouse for, you know, 
was taking this fight again. He didn't really have to. You know, we saw him in there at Rod Tang the last time. He had a lot of fun. He outstruck a, a great striker in that fight as well. So it'll be interesting to see the amount of time, obviously, he spent working on his striking for that camp to see if it will kind of translate into this fight with Marias again. But I, I feel that there may be too many things he needs to change up in comparison to the first fight. And I'm not sure he can at this stage in his career. I also would not question so much. I would have questioned his mentality going into the first fight. Um, you know, he said he needed the, the Rod Tang fight to kind of bring his love for the mixed martial arts back again. So it's, it'd be interesting to see if if that fire is still there for him. But the, the wantingness for him to take this fight and to to kind of face the challenge and to face someone who, you know, rel- beat him relatively easy in, in the first fight, um, you know, relatively easy in, in certain terms that Mighty Mouse never had him. You know, obviously it wasn't easy for Marais, but Mighty, Mighty Mouse didn't really cause Marais any troubles in that fight. So he has a lot of things to change up here. He's going to have to kind of... Uh, get a new game plan together but you know what there's no better man to do it but unfortunately I'm kind of in the same line as you I just think that Marais is that touch a little bit better and I think the size disadvantage for Mighty Mouse is just going to be a little bit too much again 100% very interested I can't wait uh, for for this fight Uh, let's talk about some of the fights on the uh, undercard as well the, the next big guy maybe for one championship is Buchecha, Marcus Almeida. Uh, he's won all of his, is it three or four MMA fights so far? He's won them all in, in dominant fashion. Uh, we saw a bit of striking from him last time even, and he looked he looked pretty good. He threw a couple of leg kicks, but then he got a great blast double leg. Uh, used his Brazilian jiu-jitsu, his shoulder pressure. He has ground and pound too, and he's landing those big shots. I'm very impressed with Buchecha's transition to MMA. He's fighting Silil Krishenko here now, who, you know, he moves well on the feet. He likes a clinch. He's a grappler as well, which is a problem here. Uh, but he's long, <laughs> yeah. and he throws his right hand well. So if the fight does stay on the feet, if he can keep it on the feet... I think he has a good chance of, of, of winning here, but keeping on the feed against a guy who is an athletic phenom like Buchecha, who is good wrestling as well as a good jiu-jitsu, those in-between bits that we've seen so far, now he hasn't, you know, he's still only three or four fights into his career. It's not You're not expecting him to be fighting, you know, uh, Francis Ngannou or anything yet, but uh, he's he has shown some very, very good things. I'm very impressed with him. How do you see this one going? Do you think it'll, I think it'll probably be another takedown and submission here for Buchecha or maybe a ground about finish. How do you see it going? Yeah, it's like that's the most likely outcome for me as well. I mean, it's no secret what Buchecha wants to come in and do here. He's looking to close the distance and he's looking to take the fight down, get on top and kind of just start working his, his world-class Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, it's funny, and I was laughing when you said it about Krishenko because I have the exact same <laughs> note as what you said. It's like he likes the clinch and that's not going to be too ideal in this fight for him because he don't want to be getting anywhere near the clinch with somebody like Buchecha. Um, You know, we've seen... We've seen you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu artists come over. I think for a heavyweight fighter in Buchecha, his level of athleticism for me is impressive as well. And I think that that will get him uh, a lot further than maybe other people who in the heavyweight division as well. If, if he is matched correctly throughout his one championship run, he has a good test here against Kushenko, who, who, you know, like you said, does like grappling, does like the takedown. So, um, but also, he has some co- very good punching, very good spinning attacks, uh, landed some good uh, spinning elbows and stuff against the cage. And I think, you know, if 
he needs to try his best to keep this on the feet for maybe two to three minutes and see how 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 the gas tank is looking for Puchetcha. And then if he notices maybe the Puchetcha is slowing down a little bit, losing a bit of strength, you know, maybe then you could start maybe initiating that clinch against the cage and looking to get get off some of those spinning I don't know, attacks. I don't know about that, I know. <laughs> you're playing with fire big Stop time there. Right? Like, look at the likely outcome here is what you said. Um, I think. Puchetcha is probably going to take the fight down and wear on him. Look, we've seen Grishenko get tired. He's been down grappling, but he's gotten tired pretty easily in a good few of his fights. And, you know, you're not going to want to be getting tired against a guy like Puchetcha because I think, you know, he has way, like when you're talking about world-class Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, they just have ways of grinding and wearing on you and, and getting you tired. So even if Puchetcha doesn't get him out of there in round one, I think that coming into round two, that Grishenko is just going to be a, maybe probably a shadow of what he was at the start of the fight. So, well, I reckon this is probably going to be over and done within three minutes of the first round, and we're going to have Buchecha winning by probably submission or ground and pound. I, I would, I would agree. Yeah, a hundred percent. Another heavyweight fight on this card as well: Mauro Sorelli against uh, Amir Ali Akbar. Uh, watching a few of uh, Amir's previous fights. Very good wrestler, very strong on top, a, a bit slow on the striking. He looks to me to have put on an awful lot of weight. Now, I don't know, if has he gone up maybe from light heavy? Actually, I'm in to check, but I, I would assume so. And he looks, I don't want him to size suits him. You know, he's a better guy. Let's say for a heavyweight, you're weighing in at, at 250, 260, probably a better guy off to weigh in a 230 kind of job. I think, I don't think the size suits him better when smaller. Where Sorelli, you know, people on this side of the pond know Sorelli very well. The former Cage Warriors heavyweight champion knocked out uh, Carol Moore. And that's all you need to know about him, really. Power. He circles very well. He's a good jab. Uh, he's good when he takes his time. When he rushes in, as we saw in the Brandon Vera fight, not good and he got slept in that fight and that is a big problem for him he has he just needs to bide his time and wait and land his big shots and I think he'll win this fight I think it's a very good matchup for him I think he has good takedown defense if if he can keep Ali Bakar um, off of him I think he'll win the fight and he'll knock him out early and if he can't I think he'll probably maybe get ground and pounded out of there I, I, even if he does if he does get taken down look Amir will win that fight on the ground I think Especially, obviously, if he gets on top. But I don't think it's like he'll finish him definitely. I think if Sorelli keeps the fight on the feet, I think he will definitely finish him. I think he's going to land that power shot at some stage. I know you've watched a bit of Sorelli before, obviously, before the, the Carl Moore fight as well. Obviously, he was, you know, the, the title pitcher there against Vera. You know, Vera obviously subsequently lost the, lost the title again, but he want to get back straight into that pitcher again, won't he? And he'll need the big win here. Yeah, he will. And, you know, I think he, uh, I think he's very capable of coming in here against Alec Barry and, and, and getting the win. Obviously, you look at Alec Barry's coming in here with uh, some good grappling credentials, having having like represented Iran and Greco-Roman wrestling. And, and you know, uh, he will want to be getting this fight down to the ground against uh, Sorelli. I think the biggest problem uh, and the big red flag for me with Alec Barry is that he has zero head movement, zero at all. And that's why we've seen him getting knocked out in his first two one FC fights. He throws some heavy shots, can land some heavy shots. When he does land, he does some really big damage. But the problem is, is he just stays on that center line too much, doesn't move his head and he gets clipped and leaves his chin out there to do it, uh, to get to, to get, let the, those shots land on him. I mean, that, those are the big ones. I think, look at, 
if he can get his shots off, if he can keep safe in the striking exchanges, he does have the power to get Sorelli out of there. I just think that Sorelli is too well-rounded to get caught up into that. And I think that he Sorelli has way more ways to win this fight than Alec Barry does. Um, you know, with with Sorelli, one big thing that raised a red flag with me is sometimes when he is rushing in, trying to initiate a clinch, which he probably won't be doing in this fight a lot. He leaves his hands out and leaves his head down, leaves himself open for knees, leaves himself open for uppercuts. Um, but he himself, Sorelli, whenever he throws, it's big, big damage as well. Um, big leg kicks, big overhand rights. He's dangerous moving forward, but he also moves well on the back foot as well. So um, I think um, the key for him will be a little bit of forward pressure. I think he needs to come in against Alec Barry and he needs to put the doubt in Alec Barry's mind, mind straight away. Alec Barry, Alec Barry is a good talker. He's a confident individual, but when he starts to get hit is when he, when we see him panic in the cage. And I think if Sorelli comes in and kind of takes the fight away from him very early, we, it could be a very early night for Alec Barry. It'll be interesting to see if he does decide to come in here and, and, and initiate striking exchanges at the start of this fight, because we could see a very fun, maybe one minute or a minute and a half fight. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. I think Sorelli will, I think he will get him out of there early, even though Ali Barry, he's, he is a very good wrestler, as you mentioned, his credentials. I just think he's too slow. I think he'd be better off yeah. getting that weight back down. Going, he's striking fundamentals for me are no, just, just not there. Not, not good at not all. There. He Especially, just has power, but he doesn't know how to use it. Yeah. And also his defensive work on the feet, he just leaves no. himself too open. Yeah. And you just and can't do it in the heavyweight division. You can't. No, you absolutely can't. I, I, and that's the crux of it. That's why I think Sorelli will, will get the win. Uh, two more fights in this card in. We'll, uh, I'll throw it over to you and talk a bit about the, the kickboxes that he's my, uh, my kickboxing expert here. Cause I have no clue. I'm not, I'm getting to enjoy it a little bit more, but the, I'll take the last two MMA fights on the card. Uh, do you know a fighter that I watched that I'm massively impressed with? Lynn Hickwin. She, has a beautiful jab. I'll say it again. Everyone knows I love a jab. Nice low kicks. She stands in the pocket and counters, which is very unusual for a long, tall fighter. And she's very good at that. Good takedown defense. She has a takedown or two of her own even. Um, and she's fighting uh, Itsuki Hirata, who is very strong, you would say. A fundamental fighter, straight up ones and twos down the middle, looks for her takedowns. She is definitely more of a, of a wrestler uh, than He Quinn is. For me, she throws too many straight kicks to the body that get caught. So she's just teeping it, and they get, they're just too slow, and they get caught. Uh, straight right is very good, though. She has power in it, likes the low double legs, but... For me, she needs a little bit more variation to get more takedowns to get the fight to the ground. And it's a very interesting matchup. You have the long jab against the blast double basically here. And who's going to win that? I'm uh, I'm not too sure. And in the other fight, and I'll throw it over to you, Danny, and get your, your quick thoughts on bottom. Uh, Sebastian Kadastam and Yuri Lapiklis. Um um, Kadisam coming out of Sweden he's lots of movement moves a lot on the feet nice jab throws nice high kicks attacks with pressure but for me just not enough combinations and if he added in a few more combinations I think he could be very very good uh, Lapicus as well very strong I would say true Christian lead to the ground like it was nodding in the start of that fight now quickly got finished after that but very good BJJ um He's a little bit too confident on the ground and sometimes gets caught there, but he's like a juggernaut of a fighter. He kind of just walks forward, nice straight shots as well. Um, I, I think Hey Quinn 
I think she'll be the underdog there, but I think she'll win that fight. And I think in uh, Lapkalis will will win uh, in that one. Although I, I I think he's a bit he's just a bit too cocky for me. And you know if Kadasam can catch him with one of those high kicks, maybe he could he could knock him out. But I think. Uh, because that Kadisam doesn't throw enough combinations, I think the pressure of Lapicus will be a little bit too much for him. Who are you picking in, in both of those fights, Ian? Um, I I would tend to be leaning towards uh, Lipkis in, in 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 the first one, the last one you were just talking about there. Um, you know, I he was impressive in the Eddie Alvarez fight. I think that uh, you know he was unlucky. With the way that was called a no contest, I think you know it's very hard when you're you're firing on a hurt guy who's moving on 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 on, but trying to get out of the way of trouble and uh, landed a couple of shots to the back of the head. So you know, I think he might. I think he's good enough to get the job done here against Kalistam. I I would be also going for Lynn Hickwin in in uh, the the strawweight fight as well. Um, I think the experience will probably play advantage for her in that fight as well. There's a quite a gap in experience between the two fighters, uh, Harata on East six, seven fights deep at this stage. 100%. Tell us about the kickboxing. There's some names even I know on this card of the kickboxing. Liam Harrison is on the card. Rod Tang, who we mentioned, is on the card. And Jonathan Haggerty as well. Some really, really good stuff here. And I know you mentioned previously on on, um, uh, on previews we've done for one championship that they have some very, very good... Um, kickboxing and Muay Thai on their cards and some top names as well and I believe these are a few of them absolutely are I mean you know that they're good uh, kickboxers if Sean knows them anyway because uh, he doesn't follow it all that much but maybe doing a couple of the previews with me and watching a couple of these events he might find that love for kickboxing um, in this on this card we've got an absolutely unbelievable uh, bantamweight championship fight between Liam Harrison and Ngo Gayang Hado that's a that's a mouthful but uh, Harrison is just a lunatic in there he you you remember him he he was in there in his last fight to kind of secure himself the title shot where he was actually getting beat up pretty bad by uh by pk sanchai and came back and absolutely murdered sanchai with, with with a beautiful hook and finished him in round two a great come from behind win for liam harrison there you watch liam harrison fight you're going to see an exciting fight and that's absolutely guaranteed 100 he comes in with like really obscure kind of striking techniques control elbows from any angle is known for that jumping elbow attack there where he comes in on guys you know that classic Muay Thai move uh, he's coming in here against Ngo uh, Guyang Hado um, and Nailed Guyang it. Hado himself yeah Guyang, Guyang Hado himself is a, an elite elite level Muay Thai guy who's been around the Muay Thai scene for a long, long time, uh, fought in the famous Lumpany Stadium, was a Lumpany champion, lost to Sanchai there, who was probably the greatest Muay Thai fighter of all time. So there's no shame in that at all. So that they will they will fight for the Bantamweight Championship. Uh, we also have a Bantamweight tournament going down, and the winner will likely get the winner of that tournament will likely end up fight, facing either Harrison uh, and Ango uh, as the winner. We have Rod Tang coming in against uh, Savas Michael, uh, the Greek babyface killer. Um, but Rod Tang, it's all about him for me. Um, you know, if you're guaranteed to see action in Liam Harrison fights, you're 100 times more likely to see action in a Rod Tang fight. Don't, if you tuned in to see Rod Tang and seen him getting chewed up on the feet with, with Mighty Mouse, don't take any heed to that. 
The guy is a warrior. He stepped into outside of his comfort zone. Um, he will literally die in there. And you see, saw that against Mighty Mouse Johnson. He, rather than tap, he chose to, to go asleep. And it's going to take uh, an unbelievable effort from Michael in this fight to try and get Rod Tang out of there. He's one of my favorite fighters to watch. Always moving forward, always looking to attack. That's one half of the semi-final. Brazilian fighter Walter Conclaves is, is fighting Superlek Kayamoto nine first guy I've ever seen with a number in his name <laughs> so fair play to him for that um, both guys here carry some some pretty heavy power as well so um, Jonathan Hegarty as well always in exciting fights he's a part of the tournament as well so getting Hegarty and getting Harrison on the same card is uh, is pretty uh, pretty impressive I think it might have been Jonathan Hegarty that came back from behind actually I might have got Harrison and Hegarty mixed up there but uh, one way or another, two of them are great fighters from the UK and they're going to be in great, exciting fights um, in between all the mixed martial arts actions. So yeah. 1FC, uh, 1FC on Prime is where, where it is for all uh, all kickboxing, Muay Thai and mixed martial arts next this Friday. Indeed, indeed. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be tuning in. Uh, this one is the later card, so it's uh, prime time for you. But the other card, uh, the 160 card, will be uh, prime time for me. So we get one of each year, so it should be fun. And uh, we will leave it at that. Hope you enjoyed this. Let me know in the comment section below if you did. Ian O'Neill, thank you very much. Follow him at Ioneal MMA over on uh, Twitter. Uh, follow his podcast as well, The Owl Triangle. You can find it wherever you find uh, podcasts and all his work on severemma.com as well. Ian, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you to everybody for listening. My name is Sean Sheehan for Sherdog.com and I will see you all next time. <laughs>